Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Austin Police Association podcast. This is President Thomas Villarreal, president of the Austin Police Association. We've got a full house today uh, with me. I've got, we're just going to call him the co-host, and then we'll just upset the other, these other two. But uh, APA PAC chairman, Christopher Irwin, how you doing today, buddy? Hey, guys. Doing pretty good, man. Uh, making a return to the podcast after a hiatus. Uh, she's probably going to yell at us at some point, but we've got appointed vice president, Jessica Gardner. How are you this morning, Jess? I'm doing well and we'll try not to yell. All right. Just don't get hangry or anything at us. No promises. Uh, and then last, but certainly not least APA vice president, Joe Swan. Joe's been up all night working, so we might hear some craziness come out of his mouth. Some people call that a manic episode. I call it getting stuff done. There you go. As your co-host, <laughs> you're the you're the uh, assistant to the regional co-host, junior assistant corporal for the day. That's right. That's right. Sergeant Joe Swan. We we've been giving him lots of lots of mess for his recent promotion. We just wanted to come on here today and talk about um, a few items. We've been getting some questions on some things and like no guests today. Just going to kind of take it back to the first couple. Uh, episodes that we put out and talk about a few things. Um, so shouldn't be a super, super long podcast, uh, but we'll just see, we'll see where it goes. Uh, and I wanted to get everyone on here because, you know, we're all obviously out and about doing our things and, and hitting different parts of the police department and we hear lots of stuff and we come back. And so um, first kind of topic I wanted to touch with, with everybody is sick time sellback. We've we've had a a group of folks, particular folks that are closer to retirement age, folks that are already retirement eligible, who have kind of reached out with questions about uh, selling sick time back. What are the rules? What can I do? And I've sent an email to a couple members, um, and then just the the number of members who who have questions, um, it really just prompted me to, to, to bring this up to, to talk. I got a lot of phone calls from sergeants about burning sick time because their their misconception is, well, I can just burn sick time because we're not under contract and I'm going to get paid. And Thomas, I want you to talk about, there are really two sets of rules with this, one under 143, and then one with the contract extension, contract benefits extension, and we don't want anybody to lose out on money because they're uneducated. We put it out right after we fell out of contract, thought we had everyone educated. I think as time goes on, they either forget, didn't know, you know, I don't think they're doing it. Trying to get over, they just don't know what they don't know, and we want to make sure everybody's taken care of, for sure. Yeah, I and mean, for sure it's something that gets lost in the sauce, right? Like it's <clears throat> it's – it's what the four of us work all day, every day on. Um, and so not, you know, not surprising that some folks who don't work with it all day, every day, don't, don't quite understand, or they go back to when we fell out of contract at the end of 2017, beginning of 2018 and said, you know, and, and say to themselves rather, like, I remember these being the rules. I remember people not being penalized for using a bunch of sick time. And that, that's accurate, right? When we fell out of contract at the end of 17, beginning 18, um, when we got back under contract, your sick time that was used out of contract wasn't held against you. Um, 
and it was almost like, almost like a fresh slate, fresh start, if you will, when we got back on our contract. The difference right now is with this benefit continuation through city ordinance, the city ordinance basically says, hey, we're going to pick up this old contract language and and keep it there, uh, keep it in place through city ordinance. And, um, and so you really have kind of three different silos that you can fall into, right? You can fall into just a straight 143 silo. 143 um, allows any officer, um, what's it say, Jess, like upon separation, something like that, um, any officer to sell back 90 days, up to 90 days of of sick time. And we've got an old, I guess, so sometime before any of the four of us were here, uh, some officers sued the city to try to, I guess the city, you know, was trying to pay that out at 720, um, which is pretty standard for most places across the state of Texas. Um, there was a lawsuit and a settlement that said, hey, we work 10-hour days, like 90 working days for us should be 900 hours. So that's the, like, well-accepted, long-time accepted 143 number for us here in Austin. So any officer, you're under investigation, you're not under investigation, you've got two years you've got 22 years um anybody right now when we're out of contract can sell back up to 900 hours the second kind of silo you can fall into is if you have at least 16 years uh the contract language that's in the city ordinance um allows for officers uh that have at least 16 years who are separating in good standing Right, which means you're not under investigation. Uh, you're not leaving in lieu of termination, stuff like that. Um, allows for those officers to sell back up to 1,400 hours. Um, and then in the 2013 contract, if you go all the way back, you know, 10 years, um, we had kind of dealt with, or maybe it was the 08 contract, nonetheless. And years ago, a provision was put into place because what we had at the time was we had people who were basically kind of like in the military, I've been told, right? Like folks would go on terminal leave. So you get people that would just burn their sick time down to 1,400. You're working without, you know, a sergeant. So you got an act, a corporal as an acting sergeant, blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, hey, a lieutenant's going to be gone, yada, yada. So the city, in an attempt to kind of curtail that behavior, allowed this provision in the contract to, 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 to be written in the contract. And it basically says... As long as you don't use what it's like more than 80 hours in a year and was it 120 in the last two years, then you're eligible for the additional 300 hours to get you up to 1700. Um, so if I, I hope we've explained this clearly, if we haven't, like definitely let us know. But basically, like down and dirty. Everybody can sell back 900. If you got 16 years and you're leaving in good standing, you can sell back 1400. And if you don't use more than 80 hours of vacation or of sick time, rather, in the past year or 120 in the past two years, and you have 16 years, then you can sell back up to 1700. Thomas, I think one of the the frequent questions that's flying around out there is some of these guys um, who uh, sold sick time 
basically said that they're going to stick around for X number of years. Is there any sort of status update with them, or how are, how are they looking? I haven't heard anything. I, I, I call that the old Troy Gay plan, right? Like yeah. when when Troy was here, and um, it was it was a plan that he put together to try to keep people here, right? They were, the department at the time was getting pushed back from council a couple of years to get back about like, hey, what are y'all doing to try to keep people here? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's still happening. I know there's some people that have that have asked about it, right? We didn't have... I don't think anyone's hit their time yet from when it was first enacted. Um, so, yeah, I guess we're just still operating under that for now. And I think so. Otherwise. And, and yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, the, the interesting thing on that, like even when they did it was there's no mechanism to for if, if Jessica, you know, was, was eligible and partook in the program and then the next day was like, Hey, I changed my mind. Life changed. I'm, I'm retiring now. Like there's nothing the city can do to be like, no, you can't retire. So it was an interesting concept. And I know some people probably took advantage of like the tax incentives, uh, to defer some taxes or, or, to, or to, to break that bust out check over a couple of years, right. For tax purposes. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Obviously if you find yourself in one of these situations where you have questions, like let us know and we'll, we'll help people run that down, but that's not, it's more of a case by case issue. I think it's the very thing much that really so. explain. Yeah. 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 Anything else on that top topic? No. All right. Um, I want to talk real quick about the fire and EMS contract. So AFA, um, I guess what it was like end of last week, we get a uh, notified that the arbitrators had came back with a ruling. Um, very, very interesting. One of the arbitrators, um, I was very surprised at who one of the arbitrators was. I'll just say that, uh, on the fire, uh, arbitration ruling. So I got a good question from a member about, the implications of the fire arbitration. And I think anybody that's looked at their contract, despite, you know, AFA thinking they still got a, a bad deal, um, it's a pretty good contract and very beneficial for their members. And so I got the question as to whether we could go to arbitration and benefit in some way from that. So just, um, again, to clarify, AFD operates under collective bargaining, which results in arbitration if the parties come to an impasse, whereas we are under meet and confer and don't have that opportunity available to us. So I thought that was a good question I got from a member. You know, sometimes it would be nice to have arbitration as an option, but the structure that we operate under, it, it just isn't available to us in that way. Does impasse mean anything in regards to meet and confer? People love throwing that word around. Yeah, that's a that's a fun word that people sling around. And really, it doesn't. You can't come to impasse in a situation where there's no final resolution required. So impasse actually means something in a situation where you would end up in arbitration with a final ruling that is binding on both parties, whereas we just kind of, you know, sit around and you know, try to work things out until we come to an agreement or we continue as we are now operating under state law. Yeah. So it's interesting, right? <clears throat> so the firefighters, like, like to your point, right back in, gosh, I think it was 0405, um, like make the move for meet and confer to collective bargaining. Obviously a couple of years ago, 
have have a a voter, you know, get, get on get on the ballot, binding arbitration, right? Like push that through. You have this kind of debacle down in San Air in Houston. Uh, go to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court decision comes out that affects affects fire, puts the city in a weird spot because you've got staff essentially saying, hey, we're going to abide by the Supreme Court ruling. You've got the council saying, hey, we just want to be at peace with our public safety folks, kind of asterisk. <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> yeah. We yeah, are, that does not include us. We, yeah, we are the asterisk, right? <clears throat> with with two of the three-headed dragon. Right, right, right. And, and so it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, but, yeah, so the fire contract gets done. It, I don't understand fully, um, and I'm not going to speculate as to the why behind some things with with decisions that are being made over there. It's not our business to to weigh into. But the good thing that uh, that I see, you know, I, I think it's a good thing that they're under contract. I think it clears the road. Uh, it clear like literally just clears schedules if and when we can deal with Prop A, uh, and and kind of open the door to allowing us to get back to the table. Um, there's no working around other people and, and this, that, and the other. It also kind of shows us a map of where the city has, you know, in EMS's case, uh, has committed to go. And in fire's case, like they've been told that they're committed to go. And so I think, you know, those two things definitely don't hurt. Um, and I've, you know, I've never subscribed to this idea that, you know, in an ideal world for the city, they're going to have all three entities fight for the same dollar. And, you know, when the reality is like, there's plenty of money when you have a $5 billion budget, there's, there's plenty of money in that they can find. And they just have to start prioritizing their spending a little bit better um, to, to fix all the problems that they need to fix with, with all aspects of public safety. But um, so yeah, so AFA got a contract, um, through the binding arbitration, EMS got a contract a couple, uh, I guess like two, three weeks ago, they came to a TA, not final yet, hadn't been ratified, I think by either side, but, uh, their membership approved at 93%. Oh, they already ratified it. How long is EMS's, Jessica? Um, it's a three year deal, I believe. So So it's basically one years. Yeah, so they did their one year, and then they tacked on this three year to stay on that same four year contract cycle. Cool. I would have pushed for longer, but that's just me. It's a, it, it's just such a headache to try to get these things done. But um, obviously, with that being said, with both those groups uh, being on their path, you know, one's back under contract, one's on the on the path being back under contract. Um, like we've gotten some some media requests on statements uh we got them when fires or when ems i guess happened first when they got their contract to ta a tentative agreement like we were getting hit up about when's the police department and and the association going to sit back down at the table with the city um and then it kind of kicked off again last week when when fires arbitration really came out so you know we we are committed to the same stance that we've told you guys and gals for the past what seven months <laughs> feels like a lifetime yeah. since february yeah and it's you know uh and i've said in our statements like we we want to get back to the table uh, we we've 
we've done some work, some folks more than others, right? Like Jess just poured over those two uh, new agreements to to figure out like what are things that where where can we make gains for our members? Where you know where can we just have some leverage points uh, in our arguments? And so, um, like we want to be back to the table, we want to be back under contract, but we're also not going to not going to go back to the table just to go back to the table and we're not going to go get a tentative agreement on any old contract just to have a something to bring you guys and gals and so it's uh it, it's frustrating because the city's trying to put pressure there to get us to to go sit down just to sit down and i don't know i, I just think prop a is such a problem there's so many poison pills um but just make it difficult to to negotiate. Yeah, so just as a reminder, you know, a couple of the things in Prop A and really the main one that has us kind of over a barrel at the moment is the catch-all provision that requires all police contracts to include every single item of Prop A. So you know, sometimes I get the question of, well, could we just go to the table and at least, you know, bargain for wages and and some of the other, you know, stipends, things that um, things that we really benefit from while under contract. Well, the issue is that kind of broad language of all police contracts that would include a contract for wages that would include a contract for benefits. Any contract that we have with the city is a police contract. And so Prop A, having that provision, doesn't even allow us to bargain around oversight. We have to include it. And until there is a change either from the city on their intentions on implementation of Prop A, or the ordinance has been in place for two years and can be amended by city council, we really just don't have any room for movement. And you know, like Thomas said, just because we're not at the table doesn't mean we are not regularly engaged with contract conversations as well as um, strategy as to what we will do, what we will leverage and what we will focus on, you know, when we do get back to the table at some point. Jessica, what happens if, uh, say, AFA or EMS um has a, has a problem with the contract and they feel that the city of Austin's violating it. Like what what do they do in that in that situation? Yeah, so that's like the most important thing that, you know, our members can benefit from and their members is they they go through the a grievance process. If they have been their rights have been violated through the disciplinary process or um, any other provision of the contract, there's there's a mechanism to grieve that conduct and ultimately receive, you know, a ruling if it gets that far, um, as to, you know, what that conduct what that misconduct was and, and how it will be handled in the future. And Prop A very specifically includes a provision that says you cannot have any grievance with it with relation to oversight. And as we've seen historically, the Office of Police Oversight has a tendency to very much step outside of their lane, step outside of the rules we are all meant to be operating under. And without an avenue for grievance, they pretty much can just run wild with no recourse. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly problematic. And it's 
<clears throat> I told one media outlet, I'm like, if you had one of these poison pills, we, we couldn't go back to the table. And there's... I mean, countless. Yeah, five, six, seven, like, there's there's a bunch. And so it's um, <clears throat> it's not helpful, right? And it's it's uh, it's it's incredibly problematic, and, and it's something that we want to try to deal with. You know, we, we talk about this as pretty negative information, but I can guarantee all of you that we are nonstop working to get the right contract for our members, not just get a contract, but get the right contract that we can live with. And we're not going to sleep until we get that done. And if it takes two years, it takes two years. Yeah. Um, Jess, so you, you brought up a good point. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> you brought up a good point about like how we can deal with this, right? And and it's it's funny because like you talked about, hey, we can't even negotiate a contract that didn't deal with oversight. And I've jokingly told the city like, hey, you want us back to the table? Just let, let's go talk about everything other than oversight and just get chuckles. And like, you know, we can't do that. And I'm like, well, you could, right? You just know that the immediate thing that's going to follow is a lawsuit from the activists and you guys aren't willing to, to, to deal with that lawsuit. And so it's, um, it, it's, it's, it's so problematic. The, the other, the other thing that we can do, right, potentially, and it's what we tried to do, uh, and, you know, Christopher, I'm sure your wife is, is happy that the legislature's not in session right now and you're not, you know, coming and going and, and constantly having to be in suits and, you know, all, all the nonsense that comes with the legislature. But, um, like, if, if 2209 would have passed, we could have dealt with Prop A. Um, if we just a reminder, 2209 is the oversight bill that was being pushed through the legislature in this last session. Yeah. Push, uh, Joe Moody. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, El Paso Joe. Um, yeah. Made it through the Senate, um, comes over to the house, gets killed by, by Joe Moody. Um, so nonetheless, like as soon as it died, we've, we've been working Christopher and I have been working pretty, pretty hard on trying to build pressure, trying to get folks down at the Capitol to understand the, the kind of the the reality of things here in Austin, and to understand like the need for us to be under contract, the need for us to to have that stability to go out and 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 find and recruit people to come to this police department. We're you know. Well, and I think you guys have also been emphasizing the impact of, you know, Austin kind of being this nucleus for, you know, activism that then is used as a model for surrounding cities. Oh, yeah. So it's not just an Austin problem. Well, right now it's a, it's an Austin problem. You know, you guys have done a really good job of of explaining to, you know, these legislators that this is going to be a problem in other major cities in this state if we don't deal with it here and now um, while it is just an Austin problem. It's funny. I was talking to a guy uh, last weekend at the Cleet convention from, from a major city up North and um, at Fort Worth. And, and I told him, I said, like, I think you guys do a good job 
of portraying Fort Worth as being this Republican stronghold. I was like, but I think the reality is Fort Worth is probably far more purple than people want it to be. And, and if you think that these crazy anti-police, far, far left police abolitionist ideas aren't being seen by those activists in Fort Worth, like you're kidding yourself. And so it, it, it's everywhere. You yeah. know, I mean, look at look down in San Marcos right now. The the student led. I'm going to mess up the name. Mano Amiga. There you go. Mano Amiga um, is, is trying to run Hayes County right. and is trying to run the San Marcos Police Department. And they are in in the mud every six months with some new proposition that that group's putting forward. You look at San Antonio. San Antonio has spent $2.8 million um, in the last year or the last couple of years yeah, fighting two. those propositions. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it's spreading. It's everywhere. And just making making it well known that, hey, Austin, Austin is just the start of it. Like It's coming. And I think it's I, I guess I'd, like I have that conversation to say, like, we're still trying to get on the special session, right? As as we record this, the the Ken Paxton stuff is still, you know, going on. Hopefully should be wrapping up here soon. We had been told, you know, earlier in the summer that nothing was gonna happen with another special until after this this trial was done. And so <clears throat> as it wraps up here in the next couple of weeks, like we anticipate there being another special session called. We anticipate that at least education is going to be on there and we're trying to have conversations with people that can influence the governor's office to include our issues um and not being the only ones you know using our our partners around the state using cleat um and not using cleat i mean cleats their own entity but we everyone is applying pressure to try to demonstrate how this is not an austin issue you know we never want anything to just be austin 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 right so I wish we had better news for you on the special session. I wish we could come on here and say, hey, like, we're, we're on the call. And if we get on the call, like, obviously, we're going to let everybody know. And and you guys will see us down at the Capitol. But it's uh, that that is still very much work in progress. And, you know, again, if we can get on the call, if we can pass our legislation, then we can deal with Prop A and try to get back to the table, try to give everyone some stability, some, you know, just – <clears throat> all the, all the things that come with being under contract. Uh, well, there is a positive, and that's that uh, you guys were able to save 143 at least, because we know that's that was their next power move to take that away. Oh, so yeah, let's yeah. not forget that. That, that was, was a huge win. Absolutely, absolutely instrumental to our ability to sit here and, and fight from the position that we're fighting from. Um, I brought this up earlier. Um. Or we, I say I brought it up. We, we talked about it briefly earlier. There's been a lot of conversations kind of shooting around, floating around the police department, lots and lots of rumors. Guys and gals, like, if you have questions about something, I had a guy call me last night, um, sent me a text of a screenshot. Hey, I hear this is going on. Is it accurate? And I just called him. We talked about it. But if you hear rumors, like, just reach out to us and let us know. And we can confirm or deny stuff that we're seeing from our perspective. Um but lots and lots and lots of folks around the police department talking about the uh, the pay ordinance, right? The continuation of benefits ordinance. Um, thanks to one of our council members, Zokadri, that that thing has a uh, an expiration date 
right? The end of the end of March of next year. We've got some folks running around the police department telling folks that, you know, a hundred percent it's going away. Um, you know, a hundred percent they've they've already started conversations and they're telling us that it's going away. And I just hear me loud and clear, like there's been zero conversations that the APA is aware of about the pay ordinance. Um, nobody from the manager's office has, has said anything about any council offices talking about it yet, talking about, you know, for sure allowing it to expire. Um, I've told numerous folks around the police department, like, (coughs) excuse me, this city council struggles to like get their ducks in a row two meetings ahead of time, right? Like, Yes, I'm sure some activist working in a council office has got their eye on this pay ordinance, right? They're aware of it. But I don't think anybody in September is strategizing for what's going to happen with the pay ordinance come March, right? I would be shocked. I'll be shocked if we hear anything about it until February. And, and, and let's let's be frank about it. We're sitting roughly, I think we're at 550 now, you can call it positions down this pay ordinance goes away like we all know what's going to happen guys are going to leave they're going to get it's going to get fewer and fewer people while why yes it might apply some pressure to us it's it's also going to apply pressure on city and city council as, as a whole by doing that and so like let, let's in an election year in an election year you're going to ha- end up with 1300 1200 1000 cops left in the city of austin so right. let's Pump the brakes, guys. This place is like a high school. Slow it down with the rumors. The, the thing that's driving me crazy about that, and I get so many calls, and they all start with this. I heard from a very credible source, and what people don't realize is I track down the source. Like, hey, did, who'd you hear this from? Well, I heard it from someone else. So it's there's nothing been talked about at yeah, all. Not, not yet. And, and again, like the moment, and this is the thing I think, again, like, we started this conversation about folks that are close to retirement time. Like I gave y'all my word. If we, if we heard something right when, when we were falling a contract, we would let you guys know. So y'all can make plans. Like we, we very much, um, if you remember back to February and March, like we, we put a lot of pressure on the city. Like if you're, if you're not going to ratify the contract that we TA'd, like you have a, you have a duty to your employees to let them know so they can in a timely manner, leave this place if that's what they choose to do and so and again i am not asking anyone to leave right we we don't want anyone to leave we all 1494 you know with our new 19 officers that graduated last week like we we want everyone here um but the reality is if like we recognize that folks will leave if 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 the sick time sellback drops from 1700 and fourteen hundred down to nine hundred for everybody because we're falling out of contract, and and this pay ordinance has gone away. So a lot of money. It, it is a tremendous amount of money. So um, obviously, when we hear something on that, um, we we will let you guys know. Um, and you know, as we do our business, we we will continue to poke around and see if if we can find out that folks are talking about it, and and if they are, then we'll let you guys know. And until then, just kind of. Like I said earlier, if if you hear something and you want to confirm something, just reach out to us. Let us know. Um, last thing that I want to talk about 
as a group is um, a pretty special partnership that we, you know. Actually, before we do that, can I just bring up one topic? I'm gonna get yelled at. Go for it. Okay. Of course. Um, so I know everybody is probably starting to see the um, the resectoring map, talking about evening consolidation, all the different kind of potential avenues that we're going to explore um, while we continue to attrit at a higher rate than we hire. Um, you should be having a very um, frank conversation and presentation from your commander over the next two weeks. Um, I think it's important that you ask any questions that you have of your commander about how these changes may impact you, may impact your family, may impact your your daily work schedule, work life, work duties, um, and and be sure to provide the necessary feedback to your commander so that they can come together and, and provide the best recommendation on behalf of the members. If anybody has any questions about that process, about any of the options that you may be presented, um, Thomas and I sat in um, at the invitation of Chief Henderson and Chief Perry, the meeting um, where all of this was presented to the commanders yesterday. So we have a pretty good handle on it and are happy to answer any questions, address concerns, and provide feedback to the executive staff um, on the membership's behalf. As of September 13th, is anything finalized? No, absolutely nothing is finalized. And um, I will say that Chief Perry very clearly at the beginning of the meeting yesterday said that absolutely no decisions have been made. There were no decisions made yesterday. The task at hand right now is to educate everybody that works here and allow um, a, a reasonable time for feedback. I'm not saying that the ultimate decision is going to be one that everybody is jumping for joy about, but um, at this time, there have been absolutely zero decisions made, and the ultimate decision will be made by Chief Henderson after she has had time to digest the feedback received from the commanders. I, I just want to say something about a complete different topic, if that's okay, but <laughs> we'll pause that for a second. Um, yeah, just to wrap what, what Jess just said, like, <clears throat> that that... I worked patrol last night uh, with a Charlie evening shift, and it was obviously like a very hot and heavy topic, and and lots of concerns and lots of partial information. And and the thing that I told those folks last night is like, you know, I have in my mind what I believe is going to happen, but like n nothing is set in stone. Like, let this play out. A, a decision will be made in a couple weeks. Um, you know, but until then, like if someone tells you a hundred percent this is happening, like you, you should not believe them. You should you should like think about the questions that you have and take them to your chain of command. So so the folks that are gonna make this decision can have, you know, several different perspectives to, to think about. But it at a minimum, right, the commanders are gonna come back at the at the end of September. Uh, in a couple weeks to kind of reconvene and have another conversation. And then, you know, I, I imagine that executive staff will take a, a, a bit of time to kind of digest it and make their own decisions, stuff like that. So, Joseph, go ahead. And... I uh, was hoping we could edit out that part. I just kind of zoned out. I spent some time last night with uh, some DTAC guys and then some uh, violent crimes detectives. 
the last thing I want to say is, man, we got some officers doing amazing work out there. Like, they're doing some really good police work. And I know everything seems negative right now, but I'm just really proud of the good work our cops are doing. We, I, I say it all the time. We've got, we've got fantastic people. And it's uh, it's an absolute pleasure to to be the president of this organization and to represent our folks, you know, whether that's at City Hall or, or the Capitol or, you know, amongst other association union folks across the nation. Um, our officers are second to none and 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 they do good work. And like, yes, folks make mistakes and, and we learn from them. But like we have a very, very professional police department and uh it's the thing that makes me the most crazy about these activists is I don't think they recognize how good their people are in this town. If I could send them for one week to any other city in Texas. I would say, don't say a name of a city. They would come, <laughs> I know better, they would come back and thank us. They would. They would. All right. Um, last thing. I, I, I teased it just a minute ago before we switched topics for a minute, but um, super, super excited to announce a partnership that we were able to secure um, need to give major props to the team. Um, we, we got an email randomly uh, and then we started working on stuff after we thought it was, you know, <coughs> excuse me, potentially uh, the, the Nigerian Prince scam. It sounded but, like uh, a scam. It was yeah, too a little bit. And uh, yeah, our team did the work needed and we, we went out and and forged a, a very very new very quick relationship, and you know in my opinion kind of shot for the stars and 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 landed a fantastic partnership. So very very happy to announce on the podcast today that the APA uh, has formally partnered with Quick Trip Gas Stations uh, based out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, there's a QT actually right across the highway from us over at MLK and, uh, in the toll road. And, um, we are super excited. Uh, QT is going to be the title sponsor for this year's family day event. Um, we are working on like what all that looks like in terms of their, their footprint at the event, but, um, a, a pretty sizable monetary donation to, to make that event happen and, and to make it successful. Um, and then the second part of, of this partnership is, uh, is, is pretty phenomenal. It's, uh, we, uh, have basically secured a hundred dollar gift cards to QT, um, for every APA member. Um, and so those things should be getting to us, what are we thinking, Christopher? This week, next week, next week, the following week, or uh, sometime before the end of September? Okay, um, we're still dotting all the I's, crossing all the T's. Uh, it's not the we got to figure out how exactly we're we're gonna get those uh, sent over to us. Yeah. So so obviously, you know, when you're talking about yeah, pressure's cargo. Yeah, you yeah. Make that handoff pretty yeah. secure. E exactly. Um, you know, gift cards for every member. Uh, Do the math at a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's it's Happy. a lot of, it's a lot of money and it's a lot of gift cards. But um, as soon as those things get in, we're going to start going around the police department and and bringing them to you guys and gals, so we can you know get that in your pocket and 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 you know allow you to spend them 
however you see fit. And just, you know, really, really excited that, uh, that we were able to forge this partnership. Really excited and, and very thankful for the work that, that you guys did. Thank you all very much. Um, I, I tell folks, like, it's, it, is, it is nice to, to be in this role and to have worker bees working working with me, working for me. So thank y'all very much. Y'all y'all do kick-ass work and it's it's very much appreciated. And I think um, I think our folks are gonna very much appreciate when they get a nice crisp plastic hundred dollar gift card to uh, to the QT. Get all the uh, all the slushies you want, I guess. I think one of the key things that I'll go into about is don't start calling and blowing up Gina. Ask saying it's your money and you need it now. Um, we will send out information, guys. It's going to take us a minute to do this. You're not going to be able to come and pick up your entire shift's worth of gift cards. Like, yeah. sorry, not going to happen. We're going to have to give them out to everybody. And yeah, so we're going to have some controls on it just, you know, to make sure that we're being good stewards of it, to make sure that we don't run afoul of anything on, on the QT side. So, um, yeah, just, uh, like, like Christopher said, uh, it's going to not going to happen tomorrow. Um, but we, we are excited, uh, to it, announce it to you, everybody. And, and we'll get them out there as soon as we can. It's great to have like a, a partner like this. Who's, who's so willing and, and wants to help out officers and, Wants to help out, wants to show their appreciation, like wants to wants to be woven into the fabric of the Austin Police Association as much as they can. And with, it's, I with think no, it's, go ahead. I think it's rare for us to find a company, especially of that size, willing to put their face next to a pro police message. Yeah. And especially they, in this town. Right. And they are unabashedly pro police and it's it's been a real breath of fresh air and are and are not self self-serving they're self-serving in the sense of they like officers and they like officers to keep their stores safe but we we, we didn't put a lien on the building to get this like we didn't offer up something massive uh in order yeah, I mean, to develop this partnership no budget. strings attached they just they want all of you to know that there is a voice out there cheering you on yeah uh, other uh, than the the qt tattoo that thomas now has on his butt so. yeah maybe perhaps that perhaps. was the lower one back. string one string if i if i had to get a qt tramp stamp to get uh a round two of this i'm out of I feel like conversation with with the wife we'll see we'll but see. i think you'd do it i i do i do love this organization <laughs> i love our members uh anyways uh as always uh y'all stay safe out there if you have ideas for us need help from us just reach out We'll talk to you guys.